NVIDIA has become a $1 trillion company thanks to artificial intelligence, and its latest news announcements show an even higher commitment to the technology. At the same time, AI doomsayers continue to warn the rest of us about the potential dangers of the technology. Can we be excited about advances in technology that also might potentially kill us all? We'll look at a bunch of stories, plus what all of this has to do with Call of Duty, next up on Today in Tech. Hi, everyone. I'm Keith Shaw. Welcome back to Today in Tech. Pushing the buttons from behind the big monitor is Chris. Hello, Chris. Hey, how's it going? It is going very well. Uh, lots of stuff at Computex this week. Uh, it's a big trade show in, in Taipei, Taiwan. Uh, or is it Taipei, China? I think it's Taiwan. It's Taiwan. Yeah. Taiwan. Yeah. And um, so, in fact, our, our, our friends from PC World are also at the show. So if you like uh, CPU-related videos and a whole bunch of, like, under-the-hood PC stuff, go watch their videos. So I'm giving a plug out to our, our pals over, Gordon and Adam, over there at uh, PC World. Um, but NVIDIA made a big splash. Now, they, they'd already made a big splash last week um, because they were kind of reaching that $1 trillion valuation for a company. Uh, because last week when it was reporting its earnings, the company had announced that uh, it's the AI boom is basically accelerating uh, record sales for the company. You know, they make GPU chips, but they also make AI chips that are working together to run sort of artificial intelligence types of workloads in the data center, in, you know, servers all over the exactly, place. Exactly. Yeah. Huge, huge, huge company. And in fact, if um, you were pointing out, if you Google the, the word NVIDIA uh, into Google, it comes up as you know nvidia an artificial intelligence company now so if you thought that they were just about you know video game graphics and things like that like if you haven't been paying attention like they are really into the data center now and they are you know they're just pumping out these gpus and cpus and yeah. uh, all sorts of stuff so they're um, they're evolving as a company in fact <laughs> what, what what was interesting too is that the wall street journal uh, this week also at the same time they were talking about the nvidia one trillion dollar valuation and how successful they've been the other time they also had a, a story about intel and its failings and how it's now basically you know it's kind of stuck in a mud mud hole they call it um and so yeah i mean it's still pretty impressive about how they've how this company has grown um just from the from the gpu side of things uh but now they they understand uh artificial intelligence now they were also a big proponent of the metaverse i don't know if you knew this as well uh, some of their announcements over the past few years have this thing that they call it the Omniverse. Mm -hmm. um, I still think that there is hope for this Omniverse concept uh, because it focuses on manufacturing and factory sort of simulation type things. So it's not as, as you know, sort of like headset focused VR, Microsoft uh, slash um, uh, meta. It's, 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 it's more of a digital twin, you know, when you're designing things for factories use this sort of omniverse to create it but you can also use the omniverse to collaborate on uh, on game creation and, and animation and lots of other kind of cool creative stuff but we're going to get to that in a second uh but the the big announcement of the show that got you excited too and and i rarely see you uh, excited about uh technology sort of announcements was this um the fact that they announced that the grace hopper uh the grace cpu and the hopper gpu architectures are uh, what did they say uh that, oh they've announced uh that they're now in production and so the technology uses its nvlink c2c interconnect technology to deliver up to 900 gigabytes per second of total bandwidth which is seven times higher than the standard pcie gen 5 lanes found in traditional accelerated systems yeah it's uh, insane they, yeah 
insane amount of computational power. And, and I think that that goes directly in line with them kind of seeing themselves now as like a leader in AI um, uh, processing, right? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's all, you know, the AI is. You just, you need the computational power to make it run. So, hey, the, the GPU is great for that. It's better than, uh, it's faster than CPU uh, computation. So why not? Right, you know? right. And so a lot of these AI chips are, that are also being developed are going to be sitting in sort of devices that are not connected to the cloud so that your processing is going to be all taking place sort of at the edge. And so edge computing is always a big, a big deal there as well. Because if you don't have to send data over the cloud, you've now sped up the time for a lot of this data computation. Right, right. I mean, you're basically going to have server farms. And it's going to do all the work and then send the finished product over the internet. Right. right? Well, that, well, yeah, the results. And Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. Um, exactly. And again, in certain situations, well, for, for an automated car, for example, for an autonomous car, you need that processing done at the car. You don't want to have it to, yeah. to try to send, you know, instructions from a, a cloud server somewhere. So again, but NVIDIA is in all of these different spaces. So uh, that's that's sort of the you know the the big cool announcement on that front. Um, I you know just the I, I'm not a big sort of feeds and speeds guy. Um, I I was when I was sort of buying my computers you know twenty thirty years ago. Uh, since then, I've just sort of become I, I'm more about the applications that get used. Um, and and again, I'm not a PC gamer like like you are, so you do pay attention a little bit more to the sort of the a speeds little and bit, feeds yeah. And, um, yeah. and and again, when when you were watching one of the videos about this, and you were you were reading some of this news, you got you got there was a glint in your eye about about how fast this is. Well, I mean, it's just incredible, you know, the scale, the the, the way yeah. they're able to scale up all the processing. I mean, it's just it's nuts. And I think it's uh, with the new Grace Hopper uh, design here. Yeah. They're basically taking the GPU and CPU and they, they put it on one PCB board and they're combining the processing power together to create this insane amount of bandwidth. And I'm like, that's, that's crazy. And I, you know, if you think about it, that's, I mean, this is due to the push for AI now. Right, Because right, right. you, you need that computation. Here's just an example of some of the things that the, the Grace Hopper, uh, the chips in the architecture will be used for. Um, there's three NVIDIA platforms that it could be used for. One is the a- NVIDIA AI Enterprise, which are development tools that can streamline development and production of production AI, including generative AI, computer vision systems, and speech AI. So again, that, yeah. you know, the processing that in order to have a call and response really quickly for, for AI. Uh, the second one is the NVIDIA Omniverse, which I talked about earlier, which is a platform to build and operate metaverse applications uh, for collaborating real time in a shared environment. Uh, again, if you're a developer and you want to develop a product simultaneously with someone in a different office in a different location, you sort of go into this Omniverse universe and sort of do the collaboration there. Uh, very, very cool idea. Is that similar to, I remember we, we did an episode with um, this young lady who worked in the uh, medical field mm-hmm. where they're using a digital twin, remember the... Yes. Is that, is that a little different or it's is It's a little bit different from that. It's more about sort of designing products, but also sort of designing video games. And again, with, uh, a, a, a big example of that would be if you were in the, uh, if you were like at a Pixar type animation company, 
Um, most of the work on CGI and graphics for special effects, it's all layers and different, it's all different layers of things that have to be sort of layered on top of each other to get that final product. So you've got lighting, you've got you know, I don't know what the technical terms are, but there's different layers. Yeah, yeah, of each yeah. Of the but but it's process. being it's being done collaboratively, right? So you over got, so you've got one internet. company doing it over here in yeah, this exactly. city, and you've got another one over here, and then between all of that, then so instead of waiting for one person to sort of be done with it, you it's all you being done collaborate at the same time, in this virtual space, and that's sort of what that's one of the things that Omniverse can do. Right, right. If you want to learn, if I mean, if you want to go, just go go to type in Nvidia Omniverse into you know, and, and there's a ton of videos of all the different things that it, that it can do. Um, what was interesting is, is I'm, I I don't know if they pulled back based on the whole metaverse idea that that sort of was was dying on the vine. I don't think so. I think that they are they are still gung ho into this sort of collaboration environment. I mean, they'll, they'll probably have other applications for it, you know what I mean? Right. Oh, other yeah. other than the metaverse metaverse like uh, yeah. the creative the creative industry would would jump on this yep. easily yep. and I think I have it right here. And then the uh, the third environment that they also, you know, are going to get benefits from uh AI is the RTX platform, mm -hmm. which fuses ray tracing, deep learning, and rasterization to transform the creative process for content creators such as gamers, artists, illustrators, animators, that whole that whole group. Yeah, and that's so. just that's just GPU. That just that just utilizes GPU solely. Not really meant for obviously like server farms and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, and again they had they had a bunch of other sort of announcements at the at Computex. Um, I had it printed out here. Uh, uh, let's see. So they also announced a DGX GH200 AI supercomputer. So they took the the the, the Grace CPU and the and the uh, Hopper architecture and created their own sort of chip based thing. <laughs> right. I I think and that's, that's the, the one. Thing that, that's the thing that that the video that you were watching with from uh, Linus Tech Tips, where he was at the Gigabyte booth, and they had an, an example of the GX the GH200 and they had four of them all connected and he was, right, he that, was super impressed by that. Yeah. One. That's utilizing the, uh, that's being utilized in um, like data centers, ser server farms and stuff like that. Yep. And then they announced uh, an accelerated ethernet platform for hyperscale generative AI. I didn't even look at that announcement yet, but I think that's related to the network card that you were talking oh, about. Oh, the new network card. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just, they're making, it's, Take everything we know now and just do times a hundred. <laughs> yeah. Right. Just let's make it ten times faster and just I mean, that's basically what we're seeing. And they you know, they've they've been into the whole robotic space as well. They they have a Jetson platform which does all sorts of robotics and autonomous vehicle stuff and yeah. very, very cool stuff. But obviously at Computex, this is a big PC and server sort of uh, right, high powered right. computing show. Uh, so they usually save the Jetson announcements for, uh, I think, their own conference or CES. They do it at CES as well. Um, so anyway, you know, great news for NVIDIA this week. Not only do you become a trillion dollar company, but then you you you, you hit that part right before your big announcement of all of these other new things. Yeah, I, I mean, let me let me add to that. I, yeah. I'd say, I mean, yes, great for NVIDIA. I, I think it's it's definitely good, but check your stocks. <laughs> well, what does that mean? What do you mean by that? I mean, if you have stock in a video, whoa, they're yeah, yeah, you might want shot through the roof. Okay. Yeah, it was it was like last week. It was last Thursday, and the jump that it made was was like well, in the particular third these highest. last couple days. You know, it's that story it's that green. you brought up. If you bring up that Wall Street Journal one with the about with Jensen Wong on the as the main image there. Oh, this um, one. Yeah, go down a little bit, and you see. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, the, you keep going. Keep going. Oh. 
Keep going right there. Yeah, it was like the, the, the largest one day change in market value among U.S. companies. Um, NVIDIA on May 25th, like this, the third highest jump. Yeah, like I, it, it it jumped 183 is that billion yeah billion dollars in value yeah i think it was actually in this article i, I read somewhere saying um saying that uh someone was comparing this this moment in time with nvidia to the time when steve jobs took the iphone out of his pocket and showed it showed it to the world yeah because i i mean it really is a big leap it's a big leap in, in, in processing power, if you think about it. Uh, one, one thing I do want to bring up was this, uh, this demo for its Avatar Cloud Engine, or ACE, uh, or ACE for Games. It's uh, a custom AI model service that brings intelligence to non-player characters through AI-powered natural language interactions. Developers can use ACE for Games to build and deploy customized speech, conversation, and animation AI models in their software and games. Now, we had talked about this on a previous show because uh, there were some... some uh, uh, demos that were being out that were being done out there taking uh, non-player character interactions in Skyrim because remember there was the big yep. joke about that guy in in White Run who was always complaining about his uh, so the arrow the, the arrow name. to the name the arrow to right the name. Yep, yep. and so they he did this guy did a demo of of well, what if you could tie in a chat GPT type of interface to a, a video game and then the responses are not sort of these pre-scripted responses because that's always the issue is that. You get a menu and you pick and it's the same response over and over and over again. So the NPCs be basically become useless if you've played through that mission or you, they don't do anything interesting after that point. So the demo that, that NVIDIA did this week showcased a little bit about that. And they've got a demo that, that has you at a, uh, it's a sort of a cyberpunk type theme. So it's got it like this cyberpunk imagery and you're at a ramen bar and you go up to the proprietary, uh, proprietor and you go, Hey, what's going on? And it also then allows you to use your your headset, so you're speaking through it, and you're basically you're not you're not given a menu option anymore. You, you just basically ask go, like, "Hey, what's up?" or "Hello," or you know whatever you want to say as a as a character, and it knows what you're saying and then gives you the response. Now, the demo it showed isn't that isn't isn't that. In depth, it's it's not in depth, and it's like well, they could have scripted this if if you wanted to. So if you want to just play it, I, I think yeah, this sure. will explain more, and then I'll talk over it. So this is now you're in the you're in the ramen shop and you're walking around and one's assuming you'd be using this as a PC. Mouse keyboard. Mouse keyboard, yeah. And of course it takes a long time to sit on the stool. <laughs> okay, come on, get to the speech. Hey Jen, how are you? Unfortunately not so good. Okay, so pause it here for a second. So the 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 questions from Kai there are just that you know those were not pre-scripted sort of prompts like you that was just the guy the the game player playing and saying hey what's up right 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 okay so keep going and go back to the video and I am worried about the crime around here it's gotten bad lately my ramen shop got caught in the crossfire can I help if you want to do something about this. I have heard rumors that the powerful crime lord Kuman Aoki is causing all sorts of chaos in the city. He may be the root of this violence. I'll talk to him. Where can I find him? I have heard he hangs out in the underground fight clubs on the city's oh, east side. Oh, those underground fight clubs. Try there. Okay, I'll go. Okay, Get so that could have all been done in a regular scripting thing, I think. I mean, maybe it's the, maybe it's the, the voice to... 
text. Can, I mean, sort yeah, of you can kind of tell. What would be more interesting is if you instead of instead of setting instead of doing a demo with the mission, you could be like, "Hey, dude, what's up?" and then and then you go, "Hey, what have you got for sale?" and then maybe go into the mission or. You know, yeah. what's the weather like outside? Or, hey, who won the ball game last night? And then all of a sudden, you've now got NPC character, you know, conversations that can make an interesting sort of NPC. Um, now, NVIDIA did announce... I, w- I went a little bit deeper into what, what this whole thing was. And um, this, this whole video game sort of announcement... Hold on, I'm going to bring it up here. Um they also have this thing called uh, it's NVIDIA, NVIDIA NEMO, N-E-M-O, which basically builds, customizes, and deploys language models using proprietary data. The large language models can be customized with lore and character backstories and protected against counterproductive or unsafe conversations via NEMO guardrails. So it's setting up some some sort of limitations. So that it's not like you could get this guy to start telling you, you know, bigoted racist stuff or anything like that like all the bad stuff like hey how do i hack into the system here yeah you know there are going to be guardrails that are going to put limits on it well it's going to limit to the scope of the game right right. but i still think that that is a that that's a quicker step than sort of coming up with conversational trees and you know all that type of stuff that they currently do for for video games um the other the other two parts of that was the reva which was automatic speech recognition and text-to-speech to enable live speech conversation and the uh omniverse audio to face which instantly creates expressive facial animation of game characters to match any speech track so pretty so, cool stuff yeah more advancements in in gaming um i wonder how the um, story developers for video games might react to this. I don't know. Well, I think if it can if if it can allow them to do things faster, faster, sure, sure. As long as again, it feels like as long as these guardrails are built, you know, and not so it doesn't go off the rails. Yeah, uh, I'm sure that a company might not employ those, and then you'll start seeing some weird conversations in some video <laughs> games. And of course, we'll be here to to sort of cover it and track it. So. So we talk a lot. So, so again, this whole NVIDIA stuff, AI, very exciting stuff. At the same time, this week, a, uh, a bunch of tech executives and artificial intelligence scientists are now sounding the alarm about AI. Uh, a joint statement was made on Tuesday that said that the technology poses an extinction risk as great as pandemics and nuclear war. Uh, the picture there is of Sam Altman. He is the CEO of OpenAI, which made ChatGPT. More than 350 people have signed a statement that was released by the Center for AI Safety, an organization that said it works to reduce AI risks. Now, this is different from the statement that was signed by Elon Musk and a couple of other scientists, maybe like two to three months ago. Uh, They were calling for a six-month ban on sort of development. And whereas this one is less about, is is sort of about, um, yeah, you know, like it's well, a it's, 20- more, it's more official. It's it's well, it's 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 less controversial. I want to say. Yeah. Um, if you look at the if if you look at that story, bring mm-hmm. that up because it's in the story. It's a 22 word statement, which would be hard for anybody to sort of disagree with. There it is. Mitigating the risk of extinction from AI should be a global priority alongside other societal scale risks such as pandemics and nuclear war, and that's the statement. So. Obviously, you can, you know, most people are probably going to agree with that statement. Oh, for sure. I th- but maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, I, th- I think they just, they want to put some guardrails down. Similar 
in the way is how NVIDIA is for their uh, AI uh, right, but, uh, right. example there. What's interesting, though, is that the guy, you know, the head of the of the company that really launched this on the world last November is now the one who's saying, whoa, 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 hold back here. Hold. And again, is it cynical of me to say, oh, you're doing this just because you don't want competition to sort of blow you out of the water? And so if you set up regulations, it's like setting up um, it's like setting up hurdles after you've already gone past the 100 meter mark in a race. It's like. I've got such a big lead now. Now put some hurdles behind me so that uh, oh, those are regulations. Is that really cynical of me? I don't know. I don't. I don't really know. I mean, I think he's right to say you know, hey, we need to slow down and think about this. Um, but again, because I'm, he's already so fast, he's already he's already past that that starting gate. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly don't know. Yeah, I, I don't. I know. honestly don't know. All I I'll, know, I'll try to keep an open mind of it that he is truly concerned about about sort of I, the dangers of this. Yeah, but I, have I, you ever seen sort of the creator of a of an invention of a technology then then start to put up his hands and go, whoa, 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 hold on? Well, I mean, other actually, than the guy with the nuclear bomb. I was just gonna say, I'm looking forward to seeing Oppen, Oppenheimer uh, when yeah. it comes out. But yeah, what's that line that he says? I. It's from a Hindu scripture. I, I am I am become death or yeah. something like that after yeah. he created the you know the bomb or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think right now, obviously, it, it's too late. I think because again, cat's out of the bag. Yep. Everybody's experimenting with it. Everybody's using it. Everybody's doing whatever they they want. And now, yeah, you have the original creator coming out and saying, "Hey, we need to pump the brakes." I don't know. I, I'm kind of with him on that. Like, did it develop, it did, you know, did Henry Ford ever talk about, you know, that he was scared that people were going to be driving too fast and causing car accidents? I mean, he didn't invent the car, but I mean, you know, who, you know did you see any of that sort of stuff? Did the inventor of the piece, well, that was the inventor of the internet, Al Gore? <laughs> By the way, I'm laughing. I know he didn't really invent it. Yeah, I know. I know what you're getting at, but it, I think it just feels weird to me that the inventors of the technology are now basically trying to warn everybody about how bad this could be. Well, I, I think there is a real, a real fear that this can be used maliciously so easily, so uh -huh. easily. And I think that's why. And I think there was an example we saw, what was it, uh, last week or the week before, someone took a picture of the, supposedly the Pentagon right. uh, yep. on fire. Yep. And then you, you see the stock market, whew, Dip, right, real but it, low, but it bounced back. It did once bounce back. Once people realized it was fake, but like, I think it's going to be very easy for people to do malicious activities with this. I definitely tech. see it on the on the images and the video side of things, where that 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 sort of technology could be used to create some. And there are a lot of guardrails now. I've noticed in a lot of these image generation things, like you can't type in prompts that that if you type in a prompt and and it goes, I don't like where you're going with this. Yeah, it'll say like, no, you can't like, did I tell you the example I was using AI to help uh, my daughter with a, a school project? All right. So she had to read this book, which was about a dystopian society. Um, and this, this teenage girl is, is the, the hero of it, much like sort of hunger games, much sort of like divergent. Any of those remember those books at all? I remember the movies, not yeah. the books. But okay. Yeah. So there's, it's a similar book. And, uh, we were typing in prompts cause so she has to do like a poster project where, and so she, she is creating sort of like fake Instagram 
posts for this main character. And so we did one where it's just her, you know, like a selfie that she takes of herself. And I was able to, to get to generate a bunch of images for that. The second one was her with a friend and I was able to do that. The third one, she wanted a scene of, of her talking with an older man at a campfire. And the word I used to describe the scene was something like a 15 year old girl sitting at a campfire with an older man. And yeah. that triggered something. And, it could be like an underage kind of Yeah, illegal. and I, there was nothing there was nothing like sexual about it right. or anything in my statement. And so once I took out the word older, yeah. It's probably the combination of that 15 yeah, older. You know, it, you know, once I took out the word older and then it it sort of then did generate the image I was looking for, which was like two people just sitting around a campfire with the city burning in the back type of a thing. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Well, what project is this? <laughs> it's a dystopian novel. It's a young adult dystopian. Like, oh, the okay, few- dystopian. I missed that part. Oh, you missed I'm the like, dystopian that's part? That's a crazy campfire going on there. No, 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 no. No, this is, a, it's a society where, <laughs> okay. it, you know, like there's yep. the, the haves and the have-nots and she's yep. one of the have-nots. I totally missed that part. Okay. <laughs> Apparently this book was, 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 the thing that launched the whole dystopian craze genre like genre, genre divergent yeah. uh, allegiance and or whatever these other names are called the hunger games right the hunger games it's all yeah. about teenage girls that save the world right right in right. some form or another yeah uh, all right so there are guardrails up for that i think i still have a, a i still have this block in my brain that says all right most of the stuff most of the stuff that's going on in with this experimentation of AI and chat GPT feels kind of harmless to me. It's kind of cool to see it write poems. I haven't yet seen it sort of do the devastation. That's I, I think it's like the, the fear and the doom and the gloom. It becomes all Terminator. It becomes all robots. It becomes all, you know, oh, they're going to steal all of our jobs. I haven't, we haven't seen any of that yet. So I haven't seen sort of that bad news tipping point or that one event that has, caused anybody and maybe maybe the warnings now i, 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 so I, I think that's where we're at that moment i think that's where we're at we're at that point now where it's like okay yeah we're having fun with it we're doing pictures and videos yeah. and generating all this and it's like okay we're getting real close to start um like it hasn't I, achieved sentience yet and we and we've had that discussion on this show sure sure i i just think i i think the way they're thinking of it is that is that i think now's the good time Now's the right time to kind of right. create that guardrail system, like right now, before something okay insane happens. All right, I guess I could I could go along with that then. Yeah. I guess I want to. I want to. I'm going to probably bring on some other AI experts to see if this is the right time to yeah um, no, have let's that do guardrail it. system. Yeah. Up. But again, should it be should it be the so then the big question becomes should it be the government that sort of makes these guardrails or does an industry does I, the does the capitalist structure and architecture allow companies themselves to develop their own guardrails or do you set up a commission and you know i think that's the conversation they're having right now yeah they're gonna have to have right now yeah is that and see sadly the government they're so far behind on the understanding of the technology that i think anything that they do is going to be yeah just like it's good they see a nail and they're a hammer yeah you know rather than like with Wi-Fi, for example, you had a Wi-Fi alliance that a group of of companies that came together and, you know, came up with their own sort of rules and regulations. I'm wondering if there's an AI consortium that could be developed that would say, hey, do this, do this, do this, and don't do this. 
Don't give your AI access to the nuclear codes. That's still, you know, you still need humans there. Yeah. Um, or, or we just have to wait a couple of weeks or a couple of months and then that bad, big bad event will happen. We've talked about that in security. We've talked about the idea that, you know, hackers in Eastern Europe and other locations are, are using ChatGPT to write better phishing emails. You know, have you have you been inundated with any new ones? Not like not lately. Um, I haven't a- seen any. Actually, have you? Yeah, actually. Um, now that I think about it, I I got this um, kind of like confirmation email from UPS. Um, in in my email uh, box, it had the whole the whole UPS logo and um, setup and all that. Had all the graphics and, and whatnot. Yeah. And it ended up being uh, malicious because I'm like, I, I, it, it was saying something like, oh. Um, you have an incoming package. Uh, we need to get your details so we can confirm right. its delivery. And I'm like, I, I didn't order anything. Right. I, I didn't order anything. And it ended up being a malicious email. And but it had the UPS yeah, yeah. graphic banners like on the side. It had the UPS logo on the top. And were the sentences and complete English? And you yeah. Could, okay, so yeah, that could be a little scary. Yeah. What I'm, like that's, yeah. that's where I, I really think we need to make sure that we get technologies that can detect that a lot quicker. Well, not only that, but... Um, I, our, I've, got, our, I've got an example for you too. Uh, okay, go ahead. Oh, well, so... Um, <laughs> well, you go first. What was my example? Or, or I go. You go. Yeah, yeah, let me go. Just So the guest that we had in the other day... Um, Itai? Itai. Yeah. Um, who brought in all the hacking gear and stuff like that and kind of um, opened our eyes to, you know, what people are capable of. Um, to just add, like, the fact that we could, we can now ask ChatGPT, hey, can you write me this, this code that's going to go on this rubber ducky, this USB device, where we, I want this code to rip everything from this user's C drive when this USB device gets plugged in. Yeah. And it will generate that, that code to right. go on that rubber ducky, right? Yep. That malicious USB. Yep. I mean, come on. That should be an easy, like, no. It, it sh- the AI shouldn't generate The AI that. should not, Shouldn't, yeah, shouldn't sh- generate, generate that code. You shouldn't be able to generate malicious code. Because what's to say, you know, someone creates, a, you know, malicious code, puts it on a USB device, and puts it in some government building. Right. Someone picks it up, and bam. You have classified documents everywhere. My, my exa- out in the ether. So, so my <laughs> example that I sort of remember, but I don't remember exactly what company it was, was you get these emails that say, hey, confirm your link or we've noticed some weird activity or something like that. But it's a company I don't do business with normally. Right. The UPS example, like you might not have remembered ordering something, but your wife maybe has done it or, you know, my my wife orders a lot of things with Amazon. So if I got sort of a fake Amazon thing saying, mm-hmm. oh, you know, something's wrong. I might just assume that it was her that did it and then just click that link and, and then, you know, boom, I'm under attack. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you're seeing those types of attacks too. But, but again, before you could always say that some of it was worded poorly. Um, but I think ChatGPT is getting better at, at coming up with full sentences that sound a little bit better. It is, yeah. It is. That, that's why I think like now's the time to just, okay, let's pump the brakes. We're not going to take it away. Yeah. You know, let's not take it away. Let's just look at it and maybe create some some guidelines, some guardrails, whatever. I'm going to jump ahead to our final story, but then go back to the the, the Activision Blizzard one. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fine. Because this is an example of, of what, we're, what we're talking about right now. So this is the New York Times article. This came out a couple of days ago. Here's what happens when your lawyer uses ChatGPT. 
a lawyer representing a man who sued an airline relied on artificial intelligence to help prepare a court filing and it did not go well uh so so he basically made ChatGPT do his homework it was it was an example (laughs) yep uh basically he was looking he asked chat gpt to come up with examples of of case law that were related to the issue of what he he was suing someone. It was an airline. It was a metal cart that had hit a custo- his client. Yeah. So he was looking for uh, examples, and what happened was was that ChatGPT came up with a list of other court cases, but it turns out that it was all of these court cases were fake. Jeez. And the lawyer probably took that and didn't actually look up to see if those were real cases or not. There we go. There's a, there's a perfect example. <laughs> yes. Uh, the, the, apparently the quotation. Yeah, there was like Varghese versus China Southern Airlines. Um, they, you know, there was like Zickerman versus Korean Airlines, <laughs> like all of these other ones. It was just like, it was just basically fake. Jeez. And so, like, the lawyer had to sort of backtrack and, like, apologize and all this other stuff. And this is going to get messy. But it's like, that's like that's like when you ask ChatGPT to write your essay and then you don't yeah. read the essay that it comes up with. Right, exactly. You just have it do your homework, you know. Um, I, think, I think we'll see a, a lot more examples like this, um, maybe to the same extent or maybe more severe, but, uh, you know... I think we should all be prepared <laughs> mentally. Yes. All right. So, so. the last story that, that, that I just jumped around to that I wanted to talk about, and it's related to a lot of the stuff that NVIDIA has announced. And um, there was a story this week in the Wall Street Journal, uh, very cool feature about why Microsoft's $75 billion bid for Activision Blizzard hinges on the video game Call of Duty. Um, it's the only game keeping them alive right now. Who, Activision? Yeah, Call of Duty. Well, Activision Blizzard. See, Blizzard also has this thing called Diablo 4 that I'm very excited about. Right. Okay, but what I want to talk about, the UK's competition and markets authority, we've we've talked about this when it it did the rejection. Mm -hmm. Um, And this was the UK, but then the Federal Trade Commission... Uh, is also trying to, to quash the deal, and they've got thing. And then the European Union approved the deal this month, but only after Microsoft pledged to allow competitors to stream Call of Duty and other Activision games over the cloud. So what's interesting here is that um, the UK decision s- mentioned Call of Duty 41 times in their 20-page summary. The FTC cited the game 18 times, and no other game is sort of reach that level of sort of mention. So, yeah. so, so I think that the journal article wanted to f- find out like, why is this game sort of so popular? Why is this, why is it, why is this billion dollar deal, 75, almost a hundred billion dollar deal, like just hinging on this one game. Um, it, Call of Duty has been around for 20 years. Um, I'm going to admit I've, I've never, I may have played a demo of it. I yeah. may have played a little bit of it. I've never actually it's, bought the game. Yeah. It's not my cup of tea. And what just, you should know everything about me by just you. I just use the the phrase "cup of tea," like I'm not the demographic. Right, right. I mean, it's it's, it's a military game. It's first person shooter. First person shooter. Yeah. It's a you know, it it. I probably would need to be 20 years older or 20 years younger to sort of appreciate the game at this point. Yeah, I mean, like, it's 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 Call of Duty. It's the one of the longest FPS games out there. So you're rolling your eyes. Have you ever played? 
I play it almost every night. No, you don't. At least an hour. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I, I, my brother and I, we, really? we play. Yeah. Just to, you but know. Still you're, so you're not, in, you don't care about this at all then? About like, what? About whether you could play this. You, you're, you're, no, I mean, see, I thought you never played this. I, I do. Okay. Every, every once in a, like, you know, every other night or a couple times a week, you know, just to like blow off some steam. Okay. Um, but, you know, it, it used to be a game um, where, again, you buy it once, you play it, you play it for the multiplayer, you don't play it for the story, the campaign, right? Okay. Um, but now it's become a kind of like gaming as a service, right? It's, it has Warzone. Okay. Um, and that's what we play. Um, it's basically a battle royale. Okay. You have this kind of like, I'd, I'd say in the last five to six years, five to eight give or take of this new not new but this kind of growth of the battle royale gaming genre right are you you're familiar with the battle royale? yeah yeah I've, yeah i have of, kids i've played fortnite yeah they got fortnite i'll never touch it you have apex legends you have PUBG. PUBG was kind of the original you know, the og right. battle royale and then call of duty came in and they were they were seeing at what PUBG was doing they were like wow they have the capital they have the infrastructure to to do something a little bit better and Lo, lo and behold, they came up with Warzone, and that was right around the time the pandemic started. Mm -hmm. And so during the pandemic, um, everybody's at home. People probably aren't working that much. And all you had, you had Warzone. That's what you would do to kind of like pass the time. And since then, it's it's stuck. It's stuck with the, the Call of Duty community. Um, and it's kind of been growing ever since. Right. Um, so... Yeah, I mean... All right, so the Call of Duty's annual installments have ranked number one in the U.S. video game market for franchise sales for the past 14 years in a row. I mean, that's a that's impressive numbers when you're talking about video games. Yeah, yeah. So here's, here's the crux of the situation, and I know we've talked about this before. Uh, Microsoft wants to take this purchase of Activision and Blizzard, and because they're the owners of Call of Duty, and they want to add this to their subscription-based service called Xbox Game Pass, which is a cloud streaming service that they offer. It's kind of like the Netflix of games. Right. Okay. And a lot of analysts are saying that this is going to generate, you know, growth for the industry for years. I do believe that the, the days of owning a PC console or not a PC console, a video game console, like a PlayStation, uh, an Xbox, they're going to go away. I think it's going to be, it's going to be, mm. everything is going to be streamed over the cloud, over a high speed connection and you're just going to be on a controller connected to a TV. I don't think the local storage. No, get, I know yeah. you're cringing here. Put put your camera yeah, on. Yeah, you're like, cringing. Like, you okay, know. wait. I didn't say this was going to happen next week. Okay. 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 So better. Let's That's talk, better. Let's talk five <laughs> to ten years out. Okay. Because we so we all saw how Stadia did. I, that was Stadia. Google. But it, was it Google. is what you are describing. It I know. was it was a gaming service streamed over. Right. You know, the internet. And if you can, and, and so the idea here is that you, if you just have a dedicated monitor, mm -hmm. a good monitor, a good high-speed data connection, and certainly bandwidth on, on you know, straight to the home, yep. fiber optic cable, yep. Fios, Xfinity, all of that stuff. I mean, yep. we're talking 10G yep. types of services. There's not going to be a problem of, in streaming data there. from us. Now, now you take NVIDIA, You've got a bunch of cloud, you know, servers sitting in the cloud. 
that can that can play these games. They've got the highest processors on them. Mm-hmm. There's it's not that far of a stretch to say I've got a monitor, I've got a keyboard, I've got a mouse, and then the 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 computer doesn't matter what it is because you're you're drawing everything from the cloud. Okay, right. Or if if you like the console type thing, you've got a game controller connected wirelessly through a sixty, you know, a really fast con- wireless connection to the TV. And then that's connected to either wireless or, or a hardline Ethernet, okay? Stream the game, play the game, doesn't matter. You know, all of the processing is taken over the cloud, and, and that's what you're talking about, okay? That's the future. I'm saying it right now. It's maybe the it's, future. Maybe yeah. it's 10 years, maybe it's 15. Now, obviously, we're going to use computers for lots of other things. There's still going to be the PC gate, you know, diehards that will still love that whole idea of like processing. But the, the idea that you're processing most of the game on the hard drive of your computer, I think it's going to go away. Well, it'd be on SSD or solid state or, um, yeah, I, I just think that that's all going to go away at some point. It's going to be all done through these cloud servers. Well, the, the and, pro- that, and so, so this deal is hinging on the fact of, of like, if Microsoft has this game, and then doesn't allow it for any comp- competitors that, you know, so NVIDIA has got a cloud gaming service. It's called GeForce. If they don't allow Call of Duty to be played on GeForce, Sony's got technically a PlayStation-based cloud gaming service through one of their tiered platforms of you can play any cloud game. You, you can play any PlayStation game from like the last five consoles. So PS1, PS2, PS3, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You can play that all through the cloud if you pay the subscription price. So there's at least two that are out there. You might have others that come out. Uh, Steam, for example, there's a, there's a big fan base for the Steam and the Steam Deck and those types of things. You start eliminating access to Call of Duty, and now you're talking about sort of a monopolistic sort of thing. That's what the regulators are looking at. It's like, you've got to allow Call of Duty on this. Now, what, what concerns me is Blizzard's other big game, which is Diablo, that whole series. Uh-oh. So Diablo 4 comes out in a week, <laughs> and I've got it. I'm hoping that like by the time you see this, I'll be playing it. <laughs> Oh, no, I'll be playing it on June 1st. So this is coming out before that. So uh, that game is going to like, I'm just, I, I love the Diablo series. Now, if I'm being told now I'm playing it on a PS5, but they buy Blizzard and then they come out with Diablo 5 and they say, well, you can only play this on either a cloud on the Xbox Game Pass. Or you, so you have to buy an Xbox or you have to get a PC and play it that way. That concerns me as a, as a consumer. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, I, you know, I don't know. I'm hoping that Microsoft plays nice, but I've known in the past, based on past history and by, by past behavior, Microsoft doesn't always play nice. Anyway, that's, we'll uh, that ties we'll it all in. See. Yeah. I, you have your doubts, and, I, and I, I'm saying it's not happening next week, but I can, I can see the evolution. I can see the future, Chris. I do have some powers of, of prescience. I mean, maybe in the next 15 years, maybe. It's 15? The, it's, yeah, it's, look, infrastructure. I think it's going to happen a lot quicker than infrastructure. that. Infrastructure. We're all going to have 10-bit, you know, internet. I think, I how, think are you, how are you going to give that to every household? I think, you know? I think you're going to get there sooner than you think. We'll see. Cautiously optimistic. Okay. Cautiously optimistic. All right. <laughs> Lots to talk about. Lots of, of, of stuff going on. And I, I still, I'm still thinking the AI stuff is going to be involved in there as well. Especially oh, it's going to be. It's going to be. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for that first game where I can just, you know, talk to the AI NPC about anything and everything. I, I think you're going to have, you're going to see games, just real quick, you're going to see games with like uh, maybe a daily or weekly AI auto-generated mission. Yep. And um, they're going to be AI-generated levels and levels designs and stuff like that. So you'll have never-ending gameplay. 
I wonder if it would get you know? if we could ever get to then that becomes the metaverse. Could be could like be. where you are just you buy one game and it's and it's anything you want it to be forever. Could be, yeah. and then it's like the Willy Wonka everlasting gobstopper. You only have to you only have to buy one, and it and you enjoy it forever. That's all you need, and that's how I'm going to wrap up the show. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, no problem. That's all the time we've got for today's episode. Be sure to like the video, subscribe, and add any comments that you have below. Join us every week for new episodes of Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. Thanks for watching.